Today we have a special interview with J.T. Seaton, uh, festival director for Queer Screams 2023, coming August 18th to the 20th at the Clinton Street, the- uh, Street Theater here in fabulous Portland, Oregon. Uh, J.T. I ran into uh, at the Portland Horror Film Festival where he debuted uh, The Haunted Baby Carriage from Hell. Uh, which was an absolute screamer, both for you know, laughs and you know, little 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 scares. Uh, in there, uh, featuring uh, Kelly Maroney, who you might know from Night of the Comet, and uh, now uh, he, he he after the show he he bumped into me and it's like, hey, I've got a I've got a cool thing coming up. You're gonna want to get in on this, and I was like, oh, what's that? And so. Uh, I, I now have uh, the privilege of introducing JT. Welcome to the show. And uh, thank g- you so much for having me. Give us a give us a, a, a bit of a rundown of what we can expect from from uh, Queer Screams. Alrighty, uh, yeah, Queer Screams is a brand new uh, film festival where it is a specific LGBTQ plus genre film festival. Uh, horror, science fiction, fantasy, all types of genre films, thriller, dark comedy, you know, all of those things. And it's one of three that I can find in the world. There's another one on the East Coast, uh, and then there's one in Italy. Uh, but there's a couple of other film festivals around that have a, an LGBTQ focus mm-hmm. where they are very receptive of it, like Soho Horror in the UK. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's one coming up in Georgia called Bloody Peach. Um, and also Salem Horror is also very uh, LGBTQ plus friendly in their programming. But they are not specific LGBTQ plus genre film festivals Uh Queer Screams is one of only three so far. I would also I say find. that our our two local festivals that um, uh, Gwen and Brian Callahan run, both Portland Horror and Lovecraft, uh, have been very uh, supportive of LGBT uh, plus um, films. And as uh, witness and presenter of one of one of those films uh, from the just completed uh, Portland Horror. Um, I think they've they've done a pretty good job, but now we get actually to, to have a heavy, a much sharper focus on uh, on the film. So why don't you tell us? Uh, so what? Uh, who do we have? Because we have some very special guests um, who are going to be at yeah. this uh, at this uh, festival, and and also a couple of movies that you might recognize, as well as a whole bunch of of short films. And you know, it, I I will preach this all day, all night to our listeners out there, that film festivals is where you go c- catch your um, short films in blocks. And, and they are uh, they're condensed stories that, uh, you know, I think it's, it's really the kernels of, of, of what we love in horror movies, but in sort of a, um, not just a bite-sized piece, but, it, but in a, uh, again, you use the word focused, it gets a, an idea across, and it's also a way to get 
um, new new directors into the pipeline uh, to let them grow and develop their skills. And some sometimes you can just you can have these great long careers just doing terrific horror shorts. Sometimes it leads to bigger things. And for JT, it just so happens that it's leading to being a festival director. So uh, why don't you tell us what we've got to expect? What are we, what's coming? Yeah, well, we do have quite a few uh, short films. What's great about short films is it's it's very challenging for a short filmmaker uh, because you have, you know, within 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes to do everything that a feature filmmaker would have to do. You have to tell a story that has an arc, that has a beginning, middle, and end. You have to tell a story that has character and character development. And all of this has to happen in such a short period of time. And so it's quite a challenge uh, to do short films. Uh, so we like to celebrate them as much as possible and celebrate them on the same level as features. I know a lot of mm -hmm. film festivals uh, hold features in higher esteem than short films, but at Queer Screams, everything is, is you know, at the same level mm -hmm. of, of esteem. Everything is great. Everything is great <laughs> at the <laughs> festival. Um, but yeah, so we're going to be presenting uh, brand new uh, horror films. Uh, we have three feature films and a whole slew of short films. Some short films that are going to be screening in front of feature films as well. Um, that's going to fill out actually three whole days of programming. Uh, and we have some special guests coming too. So our Friday night leading into the actual festival itself is going to be a double feature uh, of David Cronenberg's Shivers and George A. Romero's The Crazy. Yeah, ever heard and of those? Ever heard of those people? A couple of great movies. Just because <laughs> uh, my good friend Lynn Lowry is uh, in both of those, and she is coming to the festival. She is going to be there in person to do uh, an introduction to the uh, films, and we're going to do a nice little long Q&A in between the two movies. And she'll also be there all day Saturday, you know, uh, signing autographs and meeting fans and so forth. So she's going to be quite a presence at the festival this year. And we also have another very special guest who is going to be the recipient of the Queer Screams Career Achievement Award, the first Queer Screams Achievement Award, and that's director Sam Irving. Yeah. And Sam Irving has directed well over 50 films, but he's probably most famous in the horror genre for directing Elvira's Haunted Hills. And yeah. we're actually screening Elvira's Haunted Hills uh, with Sam in attendance. We're going to be doing a nice Q&A with him. And he's also written a really fantastic book called I Was a Teenage Monster Hunter about his years as a teenage and young man, like, reporter. I mean, he created a fanzine called Bizarre so that he could interview his favorite horror actors and his favorite horror directors. Funny and thing, you know, all I, because he wanted to. That's that's yeah. why I started the scariest things because I wanted to go out and meet the people who made the movies. You know, I think yeah, there's there's and, something and, something about that, and and I never actually thought it would, uh, you know, get as far as it has, but that's you know, I I can I I can totally appreciate what. Uh, what Sam, what Sam has done just to, you know, I think uh, uh, Mick Garris said something, I think some, something similar, um, where he started up a, uh, uh, a, some sort of a, a journal of some sort, uh, and it got him into, op it opened a lot of doors for him. So, yeah, yeah. that's, that's cool. Um, and so, and, yeah, so and Sam so, is, I was, was going to say, yeah, what so day Sam is going to be there, and he's going to be there on Sunday, and we're showing uh, a virus on the hill Sunday evening. That's going to close out the festival. It's also 
The screening of Elvis, Elvis Haunted Hills is also a charity screening. Uh, Cassandra Peterson uh, would allow us to screen the film if we donated a portion of the proceeds of that particular screening to a local Portland LGBTQ charity. Excellent. So that is what's happening. So it's a charity screening as well as closing out the film festival. And Sam will also, prior to the film, will have an extended Q&A and a book reading. He's going to read uh, some of his book awesome. um, for, for us. So it's, it's really, really exciting. And in addition to that, we have uh, live drive performances by Hella Haunted and Violet Wanda, and they're going to be uh, performing Sunday night um, preceding Elvira's Haunted Hills. And then from the film Evil Babylon, Body Academics is going to present a 20-some-odd minute, 25-minute, 24-minute pre-show to that block of films leading into Evil Babylon. So we have live performances, live drag performances, live singing. We have special guests, Lynn Lowry and Sam Irving. So it's it's a lot going on. It's not and just a night at the movies. It's showtime front front to back. You know, and this is... Yeah. I, th I think this is Ron DeSantis's worst nightmare, and I'm 100% behind it. <laughs> this is, <laughs> exactly. This, 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 he would have a heart attack. That's right. Uh, Ron doesn't know how, how to have any fun. So, uh, no, no. so this is, uh, you know, this will be a, you know, I think that's the, the benefit of festivals, right? Yeah. It, it is so a, it's going to be great. Um, so now, now tell me, how did you, how did you uh, come to meet Lynn? Um, I came to meet Lynn, uh, it was probably around 2008, and I was uh, roommates with a horror actor who wanted to make a feature film, and uh, he actually wanted to make a remake of All About Alan, which hmm. was a movie that Anthony Perkins was in. It was, uh, I think it's All About Alan, now I have to look it up. Research department is on it. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, it was a um, um, it was a made for TV movie, and um, so he wanted to do that. So I wrote a script um, for that for him, and Lynn was cast in that film, and that's how I got to meet Lynn was on the on the making of that movie, and after that film. Um, I started working on a project called uh, George's Intervention, which is a feature film about a, an intervention for a zombie. And I wrote the part. <laughs> Don't it's, no it's biting, no biting. <laughs> yeah, no biting. You know, the intervention doesn't go as planned, and there are some eatings. Um, <laughs> and you know, Portlanders can rent George's Intervention, you know, retitled as George: A Zombie Intervention mm -hmm. from Movie Madness. Hey! It's available for rent. All right. At Movie Madness. We 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 mention um, Movie Madness almost every other podcast episode. So yeah, they're in very good well, stead of with us. You have to. It is there, <laughs> there are so to. very few of these, uh, you know, archival video stores around anymore. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The movie's called How Awful About Alan, uh, okay. from nineteen seventy. Uh, co-starring Julie Harris. Oh, Andrew wow, from Perkins The Haunting. Julie Harris. Yeah. Nice. So, uh, 
so it's it's a fun little film. So that's so Lynn was in that, and then I wrote a part for her in George a Zombie Intervention as the interventionist, and she's hilarious. If you Excellent. really want to see Lynn do a very very funny role, okay. rent George a Zombie Intervention. So that's what started our friendship, and from that point on, she's been in in at least half a dozen of my films, um, from short films Divination to The Peripheral, where she won a lot of awards for. And then most recently, I did a film in 2020 called Do We Really Have to Say Goodbye? And, you know, even though she moved and is now living in Georgia, she recorded her part for that film so that she could be in it. Nice. Um, so, yeah. So I've worked with Lynn, Lynn quite a bit, known her for over 15 years. Mm -hmm. And she's a, a, a delight, a wonderful person and a great friend. Yeah. And if that's where it really helps if you're going to launch a film festival to have friends like that. This exactly. Is, this is this is you know you you've already started started with a you got a ringer, as they say, uh, and uh, yeah, actually having just as soon as I had gotten word that this was what was on the menu for uh, queer screams, that's like I'm gonna have to watch these again because they are <laughs> they they are quintessential Romero and Cronenberg. Um, for those of you who have not seen it. Uh, don't, don't go out and see it just yet. Come to the theater, to come to the Clinton Street, come to Queer Screams, see it projected on the big screen, uh, and get rewarded for that, and get to meet Lynn. That, you know, that's that's what festivals are about. You actually get to meet the people who make the movies. So um, Yeah, and lots of filmmakers are going to be present, too. So mm -hmm. there's going to be not just Lynn and Sam, right. but several filmmakers, both yeah. local and, you know, overseas are going to be coming to the festival as well so you can meet the mm -hmm. filmmakers of the films as yeah. well well and and not asking you to pick favorites here right uh but what what <laughs> what, what can we look forward to with your short film uh group what what are what are if you had some highlights that you would say these are these are films that you're really going to want to catch I, I know you'll want to say all of them but are there any are there a mm -hmm. couple of couple of ones that you that you'd be willing to go out there and say this is this is going to this is going to make a difference yeah, I think there's, yeah, there is one that is really interesting. It's called Shadow Puppets. And what makes it interesting is that it was created uh, during a high school horror camp, horror film camp. So it was like, I think it took like five days uh, to make it. And, and it was all put together by these kids, by high school kids. Oh, wow. Uh, I mean, obviously, there was a director who kind of, like, shepherded the project. Um, but, yeah, it was called EDU High School Horror Film Camp in uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Sure. And Shadow uh, Puppets and is the, the, the name Shadow of the film? Shadow Puppets is the, is the name of that uh, film. And, yeah, it's, it's, it's great. It's, you know, it's, it's a dystopian drama with horror elements and... Um, it looks fantastic. The acting is really good, mm -hmm. and it was all made by high school kids. Cool. So I think that was really, really impressive. Um, I've got another great short film called uh, Bad Boy Buck from the UK, uh, which uh, is quite a quite a standout. It is you know everything from the cinematography to the acting and story, and just the the character arc that that character goes through. Uh, he's a he's a a married man who has an affair with. Uh, another man and it's kind of like a reverse fatal attraction <laughs> kind of like set okay. up 
All right. So it's yeah. It, it actually, now that I think about it, it kind of is like a gay fatal attraction uh, in 22 minutes. <laughs> so is there is there like, a is there a bathtub scene? No, I, no, there's not a bathtub. But scene. Uh, that's all but right. But there is a but there is a proclaimed pregnancy. Oh, <laughs> okay. So I'm just gonna well, leave it there. Yeah. So I think, but that's it's a short film that 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 is the the nugget to seed to the the uh, for you to go go catch this. Um, yeah. And some other great, like, local films, you know, uh, Night Shift uh, is a great local film. It actually screened at uh, Portland Horror as well and won, uh, I think it won an award. Uh, uh, Carly Boone is the director of that film. Which one again? And uh, it's called Night Shift. And I want to say it won, like, the Cinematography Award or something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I remember this. This was, like... uh... Last was it la- either last year or three years? It was, must have been last year. Cause no, this no, was, it was this year. It was this year. Was this year at 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 PHFF? Yeah, okay. it was this year. You know, okay. Some yeah, there were a couple of crossover films. You know, films from local filmmakers yep. that you know submitted to both Portland Horror and Queer Screams. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, so we have a little bit of a crossover, but not much. I mean, uh, most of the stuff is new and fresh. Um, you know, in the basement is another local film, and, and that filmmaker is also going to be here. And uh, yeah, so it's nice we have some you know local films represented as well as films uh, from overseas. The Latent Image, which is a great feature film, um, is being represented. The filmmaker from the UK is coming over, cool. and then a feature film, Jessica Cabin, uh, is also really great, and the director will be here as well. Uh, and then, of course, I already mentioned that Evil Babylon, the feature, is going to have a live pre. Uh, show with live singing and and drag and all that kind of fun stuff. Fun. So, so yeah, so there's a lot of great uh, uh, films on the docket. It looks like, uh, by my count, 28 short films. That is 28 films altogether, and that includes the features as well. Okay, so uh, yeah. Uh, now I wanted to sort of to, to sort of address sort of where where you see the state of queer horror um, in in the. Um, not just the industry, but sort of in, in, in the cultural zeitgeist uh, now, because I think we've we you know we we've talked about this a few times on uh, on the scariest things, and you know there's you know the, the the for the longest stretch you could only have suggested subtext, but there were plenty of them. You had your your Dorian Gray and Bride of Frankenstein, but it was always subtext. It was always suggested, um, but it was always verboten by the Hayes Code. You could never you know you couldn't. There's no no, the the closet door was still closed, uh, and then, yeah. and then the and then the '70s opened up, and it was a bit of this kind of this delirious romp where you had, you know, every every other vampire was a lesbian, and uh, you know, and and, <laughs> yes. and you get some things like Shivers that came out at that time, and of course Rocky Horror, and and so there was this big bloom of uh, you know directors trying all kinds of stuff because they could. Uh, because the, the the ratings got pulled, you could you could start sort of pushing the boundaries of what was considered to be socially acceptable, and then we kind of got the the pushback, the the backlash of the, in the '80s where you had, you know, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street three, and you had, you know, whether you, whatever you think about uh, uh, Sleepaway Camp, you know how how things got handled in the '80s was problematic with a couple of bright spots like the hunger um yeah and then and then now all of a sudden now you can be out right you can yeah. and, and and um and there's some great indie horror that i've 
I'd advocate for uh, in, in, uh, that, that has strong queer protagonists, um, not just as sidekicks, not just as targets, you know, that, but they are, they're actually, they're, they're the leads. Um, yeah. But we, you know, I, I, I'd, I'd throw out uh, uh, Sissy, Bit, What Keeps You Alive, which I love, uh, Hypochondriac, Lyle, B&B, Swallowed, which is, if you haven't seen Swallowed yet, oh. <laughs> yeah, definitely watch Swallowed. Swallowed should be at the top of your yep. of your watch list uh, yep. for LGBTQ yep. horror. It's, yep. a, it's really amazing. And yeah, I got to, to talk with Carter at, at uh, at Overlook about about the movie, and uh, it's great to have him back because he was kind of blacklisted for a while. Uh, yeah, you know. I really love uh, you know um, Jamie Marks is dead. That's mm-hmm. one of my favorites of his. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just think it's beautiful and and just kind of the way it's shot. I mean, obviously it's not as openly gay as Swallowed, mm-hmm. but you know there's definitely a lot of queer overtones to it, and it is it's a beautifully shot film with mm-hmm. with some really interesting character work. Yeah, uh, um, Carter's got I really a real like eye. A lot. He's got a good camera eye. Um, Knife and yeah. Heart, be another one. Oh yeah, Knife plus Heart. Yeah, yeah. that's a great. Uh, that's a great film. There's yeah, there's a lot. I mean, well, I mean, you can look at stuff like you know the new Candyman. Yep. Uh, has you know has very strong LGBT characters. Uh, the new Hellraiser. That yeah, came the, out. the 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 uh, only character that that I rooted for was the brother, who was the one he was the and, and he opened up a portal to hell never to be seen again. It's like oh yeah. man. Uh, uh, but you know, but Pinhead was played by a transgendered actor. Yeah, yeah, and she's yeah, so it's great. it's yeah, fantastic. So I mean, there's just a lot. Uh, you can definitely see the the just a, a boom mm-hmm. of LGBTQ characters that are accepted, mm-hmm. that are no longer targeted, that are no longer mm-hmm. made fun of, that are no longer just the yep. comic relief. I mean, for years, the queer character was the comic relief. Yep. That was really the only way, and they had to die. Right. They were the comic relief, and they had to die. Yeah. Uh, or they were the monsters. People joke about the black guy getting a first. Uh, if you were a gay character in the in the eighties or early nineties, you were dead meat. Uh, so you know that that I I think that what what I'm liking out of some of the the more current stuff is that the uh, the gay conditions are part of the character, and they're not. But you, that it, it's not like what what necessarily defines them that they're that they're that they're, they've got they've given them strong deep textured roles. That's why I like what keeps you alive and swallowed and you know uh, these these movies that have been coming out recently. We still haven't yet gotten our big. Um, well, actually, no, I take that back. I'm, uh, it uh, chapter two, Bill Hader's character yeah. um, fell yeah. in love with Eddie. And it was a big. It was a heartbreaker. Um, he wasn't the lead, but he was the best thing in it, right? And that was yeah. So that and that that is the highest grossing horror movie of all time. So uh, you know that's 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 a nice way to, you know, to to show that the studios they're getting used to it. They haven't really yeah. they haven't really grabbed on. I think with you know both hands on the reins to 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 to. to you know, to take it seriously, I think it, but it's growing. I don't know where you think, are, are yeah. we, are we in a good spot? Are we, are, are we getting better? We're in a, we getting... we're in a great spot. Yep. I mean, look at the perfect example would be, uh, Don Mancini and child's play. Yep. 
Don Mancini, openly gay filmmaker, uh, you know, created Child's Play, created Chucky, was, you know, spearheaded basically the entire film franchise. And then finally, when he was able to make the TV series, the Chucky TV series, he was able to have a gay main character. So the main character in the Chucky series, season one, is a 14-year-old openly gay character. Yep. That you would not have had in, when he started the franchise, when he started the first film. So, you mean, to go from there to where we've come now, yep. to have a 14-year-old gay character as the main protagonist, the lead in the series, is quite an accomplishment. And I think that, that one thing that that leads to is um, young gay kids making movies, like for you. Or for not for you, but for but that but they get that that they have that they that they are willing to go out and um, produce movies uh, with with queer themes uh, to get shown at festivals. Um, even ten years ago, I don't know that you'd be seeing that, right? Uh, there's, I think it's yeah, a, no, you uh, wouldn't. We, we seem to be, and and that's kind of kind of leaning into. I think that you're getting in at a good uh, nexus. Um, you know, as as this film the film festival grows and develops, there will be more and more content for you, both in sort of the uh, the repertory material and the uh, you know the new releases to be able to 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 sort of celebrate because you know again, fifteen years ago you it would be much harder to do this festival. It would all be be about reading into the subtexts, right? Uh, yeah. Or you have you have the haunting, which was you know, or, or, but it's still not. I mean, they still had to. They 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 censored a heck of a lot of that to to uh, to make it uh, acceptable for the for the norms of the time. And now the norm the norms the norms have moved. Sorry, Ron. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's yeah. They definitely the, have. That that's them them's the break. So, uh, do you have do you have a go to movie uh, that that you would point to? Um, that would that you would put on a pedestal for 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 the for As a, a great horror movie uh, yeah or great just in general? no a great queer horror movie and of course one of the, our favorite things to do is what's your favorite horror movie of all time but I think I think for the for the context of this conversation for the festival you know what what are the you know what what do you see as um, a big like if there's is there a, has there been a touchstone queer horror movie for you um. Probably, I, I would say maybe uh, Tony Scott's The Hunger Yes, was, was like an early turning point for me because that was quite a celebrated lesbian relationship. Yes. Um, and, and they did not shy away at all. Right. Uh, it's beautifully shot. I mean, it's a studio film. It's Tony it's, Scott. Yeah. <laughs> it's Catherine Deneuve and David and Bowie. Sarandon <laughs> yeah, and I mean, David Bowie. It's... Yeah. You know, it, it's 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 a fantastic piece of art. I just yep. I love the hunger a lot. Um, but yeah, I think that is probably one of the touchstones. I I and I have to put Rocky Horror up there as well. Yep. You know, it, it's it's a horror. It's a horror comedy. It's a horror comedy musical. But mm -hmm. it is a. I mean, it is what what it has accomplished and how it has grown in its fandom and how it has changed the industry 
is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is, you cannot disregard Rocky Horror Picture Show. It's also, um, it, it's a wonderful counterpoint, actually, to The Hunger, um, where um, The Hunger is sort of restrained and dignified and, and beautiful, um, where Rocky is exuberant and celebratory and just, and wild and fun, right? Which was, you know, the, the, uh, uh, it's the era of disco. It was the era, it was just, it, it was, um, it was just a, it, it, it painted a very colorful time and was really kind of emblematic of, uh, of sort of the fun of the mid seventies too. Yeah. Um, and, um, and Susan Sarandon was in both of those. Yes. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I, I was like the, the, the hunger is a, a good go-to, uh, for me, um, I think the recent the recent ones that I've talked about, of course, um, but uh, e- even something like uh, the uh, interview with the vampire. Uh, yeah, that's that's one with where you had the big stars in there. You had, you know, you don't get bigger than Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt and Antonio Banderas, right? And it's just like it was. Granted, they they it was more suggestive than. Than, than explicit, yeah. But at the same time, gay vampires, and uh, you know these the the um, it, it before. I mean, these are the true sparkly vampires <laughs> in some ways, as, <laughs> as opposed to our Twilight friends. Um, but yeah. that's that's one where and and of course you have, you know. I mean, it's just it's just it's the the big the big production house backing it. Um, kind of waiting for the next one. What, what what we're gonna get? Uh, well, we actually have you, uh, my my podcast partner Liz, who wasn't able to make it on today because she's I think she's out seeing Barbie. Uh, <laughs> um, but, I forgive her. Yeah, uh, I I that's that's still on my on my ticket. I'm very curious to see how uh, the living in a Barbie world. This is gonna be, uh, it's gonna be a, that'll be speaking of um, pivot movies. That's gonna be interesting to see how that lasts. Um, oh, where was I going with this? Um, Oh, the new interview with the vampire, the Anne Rice's interview with the vampire. Um, uh, she says it's very good. I haven't yet gotten a chance to dig into it, but uh, all of those, you know, the, it's it's that uh, kind of boozy, uh, elegant vampires in New Orleans kind of a thing done right, you know. And, and yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I I I'm glad that you see that that you see encouragement of of where of where we're at because I think that there's some yeah. I, I've heard some folks who say, "Can you you push the envelope more?" And it's like, "Yeah, but well, yeah, you definitely can." Yeah. But yeah. I would recommend for for listeners if you haven't, and if you have, if you have Shutter and you haven't seen it, you should definitely watch the four part documentary for Fear. Ooh, uh, it's a fantastic documentary that chronicles basically covers all like you know horror gay horror cinema you know starting from like the early days you know back you know bride of frankenstein which is a very gay Mm -hmm. uh film made by a very openly gay filmmaker Mm -hmm. starring openly gay actors at the time which was really unheard of all the way through modern times and you've got a slew of filmmakers and actors and the whole project was put together by um brian fuller who 
is an openly gay uh, filmmaker and producer. He created the Hannibal TV series, mm -hmm. which is, you know, very gay um, <laughs> for not being gay. But right. I love the Hannibal series. <laughs> and actually, Brian was going to come to be part of the festival, but he was uh, filming in uh, Hungary or something like That's that. That's a good was thing. not going to be able to come. I mean, yeah, yeah, whatever. He's whatever, Brian. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, no, Brian and I had, had talked about him coming to the festival and being a part of it. So hopefully I can I can get him next year to to come be a part of it. But yeah. yeah. Uh, well, if you do that, you, 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 uh, uh, you should be running the uh, – Can would you think you'd get be able to run those uh, – run, run that – Run that in blocks. The the um, the queer for fear. Uh, would you would you be doing that at the festival? I don't know. I don't. I mean, obviously, I would want to. If Brian was there, I would want to screen something of Brian's. Right. And I mean, I mean, I would love to screen like an episode of Hannibal. I would love to see that on the big screen. Sure. Um, but I mean, one of the great. I mean, I was actually at Brian's house for a screening party of ep the first episode of season two of Hannibal. Mm -hmm. And that was really incredible to to watch it there and be a part yeah. of that experience. But, um, but yeah, Queer for Fear uh, on Shutter. If you haven't seen it, definitely watch it. It will it will open your eyes and open your mind. Uh, they list a lot of films that you should check out. Um, a lot of stuff films that we've already talked about, and then films that we haven't brought up. But yes, absolutely check that film out. Check that series out. It's a four-part documentary on Shudder called Queer for Fear. All right, on the checklist. So what do you think it is about horror that allows it to be such a great platform for queer themes? Um, it, it's, I, I, I find it remarkable that, you know, even, you know, that how many, I think, I think more horror films can lean this direction than, you know, I think dramas, dramas too. Comedies are harder. Because without being, you know, arch, you know, really arch about it, um, you know, and uh, I think that that this is that that you're seeing that this is a pretty good vehicle for for queer themes, horror movies. Um, what's your What's your take as to why this might be? Um. Oh my gosh! I just totally blanked. Um, yeah, the 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 relationship between horror and queer th and queer yes. themes. Yeah. Well, for, for those who have maybe been around, I mean, uh, my friend Michael Verratti, uh does a queer horror panel every year at the uh, San Diego Comic Con, mm -hmm. and anybody who is has read about queer horror or has talked about queer horror always refers to the other. Yep. And the other is uh, usually the monster, like Frankenstein, the, the Frankenstein's monster that is, you know, Frankenstein's monster is a perfect example of like a queer experience. Here is a creature that has been created and celebrated by its creator only to be rejected and then killed, you know, because the creature is different than everybody else. Yep. I mean, it's ex it's a perfect example of what happens, you know, when so many queer kids come out to their parents and are disowned, mm -hmm. you know, for being gay, for being different. And um, so the other is we as, as queer 
uh, people are drawn to horror because we identify with the other. We identify with the monster that is first celebrated and loved by its creator and then rejected and murdered by the townspeople. Um, You know, and we also identify with the final girl uh, in a lot of these horror movies. You know, usually the final girl is the outcast, is the virgin, is the the one who's not the cool kid. And so, you know, they have to struggle and they have to, they don't quite fit in and they're marginalized and they're off to the side and they're looking in. You know, and then shit hits the fan, and everybody else dies, and they're the ones yeah, the, that have the, to, you know, the quick thinkers. The yep, and the and yeah. So those two, I think, the other and the final girl are the reason why uh, queer audiences are drawn to horror films because yeah. we identify with both of those characters. Yeah, I was just in um, Seattle for Crypticon, and uh, there was a sizable LGBT. Uh, population there, um, and you know, I missed like, Seattle Crypticon. Yeah, I I missed you there. There were a lot of us. <laughs> uh, did you do any panels? Well, I was hanging out with Kelly. No, oh, no. okay. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, because uh, yeah, uh, Kelly Maroney was doing. I think the both she and what uh, what was the other actress who was Catherine Mary Stewart. Yep. Uh, so they were Mary a couple, Stewart from uh, yeah. Uh, and they were both um, a couple that was of fun. I hang out with both of them. Fun, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I I think that was when you realize that there's a you know goth culture, metal culture. Uh, that there's a lot of the people who are the underdogs, the weirdos, the outcasts. You know that that, that it's a it's a home, um, and mm-hmm. and uh, that it's you know the love. I think, but it is also I since taking this. Uh, somewhat quasi-professionally six years ago, you know, you realize what a great community the horror community is and how embracing and how, and how caring it is for, you know, the, I, I always refer to it as we're all small fish in a, in a, in a pond and that we gather together. I mean, there's, uh, particularly on the festival side, right, where you have short film directors and we, I'm, I'm small press and then we have little independent actors and actresses who are coming up and everybody's willing to just to, to, to hang out and share what they know, and it's not—it doesn't become this kind of a, a standoffish power struggle that you see, and I think what what you normally perceive Hollywood to be, right? It's a—it's a—it's kind of a different animal. We're our own little kind of uh, uh, comfortable niche, uh, and I've always—that's one thing I I love about about being in horror, um, you know. And I think the the other thing about horror, I think it's inherently progressive. Um, that uh, filmmakers take chances in horror films, and and you're allowed to push boundaries. You're allowed to touch on third rails, right? Where where other genres, you you, you normally play it safer, right? This is this is this is something. If you're going to go out there, if you're going to make a really strange movie, or if you're going to make some bold sort of political kind of a changing statement, this is a good avenue. And and you won't and and you'll get celebrated for it if you do it well, so you know. Yeah. I mean, speaking of George Romero, right? Um, the Crazies uh, has a very serious anti-Vietnam or just getting over Vietnam subtext, right? There, there there's the, the and and uh, you know there's plenty of plenty of other 
um, uh, identifiable uh, political statements that you can make in, in within the queer community. It's been it's been interesting. This is a this is a good venue, is what I'm, uh, yes. I'm leading at. Long way, long long drawn out <laughs> way of saying it. So, okay, why don't we the, the getting getting back specifically to your pro to your program. Um, so what what else what else do you want folks to know? So that or what how mu how much is it, and and when when did the first showing start? Yeah, um, well I mean one of the reasons why I've invited you know special guests like Lynn and Sam and why I've invited local drag performers you know Hella Hanta and you know Violet Wanda as well as Evil Babylon uh, and body academics to perform and be a part of it. Uh, the festival is I'm trying to create a community event. So it's not just a film festival. It's not just a bunch of short films and feature films where you just go and you watch some movies and then you leave. I'm trying to create an event. I'm trying to create a community event where people can gather, they can watch movies, they can meet other people who have similar you know, interests, they can make connections, they can meet filmmakers, they can meet, you know, celebrities, they can, you know, do all of these things within this community and celebrate LGBTQ, you know, horror at the same time. So, I mean, that's ultimately the goal of this festival. It's not just to screen movies, it's to create a community. And that is really what I'm trying to focus on. Um, so, yeah, so the festival runs from Friday, August 18th through Sunday, August 20th. Uh, and ticket prices range. I mean, we did set up where you could buy an individual ticket for just a single screening block if you wanted to just see that one film or, you know, that one performance. You could go, and that would be about, I think it's $15 for an individual screening. Mm -hmm. If you want to go just all day Saturday or all day Sunday, then, you know, those tickets, an all-day pass for those days is uh, $40. Mm -hmm. uh, and then if you wanted to go all weekend, then the all-weekend pass is $75. And then we, of course, have a VIP pass, which is $125. And with that, you get to see everything. You get assigned seating, and you get autographs from Lynn and Sam. Nice. Uh, in addition to, you know being able to see the double feature and the Rocky Horror Picture Show that Saturday night, which is not normally included in the other passes. Um, but yeah, so the VIP definitely has uh, a lot going for it. And I'm not sure when this uh, podcast is going to come out, but we are doing a special VIP ticket pricing at Ghosts of Summer this weekend. Okay. Uh, this is probably going to go up sometime Saturday or Sunday of this week, so you might <laughs> okay. it's like, it'll be quick. Be quick on the trigger finger um, to to go get that uh, yeah the, the that that particular uh, uh, special, um, and you do have uh, some. Do you have do you have streaming options or or things if you're if you're not from the Portland area? This is live only, um, right? This is live only. See, for me, a film festival is a community event. Uh, it is it's a it's an event where. You know, people in the community come and support. You know, filmmakers can come and meet the fans and meet the people in the community. But it's it's a bringing together of people. Mm -hmm. And I don't really feel that online festivals, and I use the festivals yeah. in finger quotes, yep. air quotes, an online festival is really a festival. 
Yep. It doesn't you you you're not creating any community there. 2020 was yes, so hard. You know, I'll tell you, it was, was very hard. It yep. was very hard, and I understand those of us because at the same time during that time, mm-hmm. I was still running the NOLA Horror Film Fest in New Orleans. You know, I had run a film festival oh, prior okay. to Queer Screams. I ran the NOLA Horror Film Fest in New oh, Orleans. Oh, you did? For okay, years. yeah, because I go down to New Orleans yeah. every year for Overlook. So. Yeah, I so I and I'm you know I we chatted with Landon and Landon has kind of like helped us out a little bit with mm-hmm. with uh, um, Nola Horror. We you know promoted uh, Overlook as well because you know we share the same space. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, Nola Horror Film Fest was you know from you know 2010 to 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, COVID kind of killed the festival, and then I ended up coming up here and starting this new thing. But um, yeah, I just I don't I don't like online film festivals i don't think they're film festivals i don't think they're community i don't i don't feel they really accomplish what a film festival is supposed to be yeah well let you this know, be I, a clarion I, call then to summon the people to portland to come to the festival um i know we have a, a good a good number of our listeners are actually nor- uh, from the northwest so um, my, my hope is that this reaches them and that they come down and uh, get get to Queer Screams. I also put a shout out to all of the straight listeners who are also straight <laughs> straight up horror fans. This is all, this this is going to be a good time. Um, and yeah, and, and don't, it's not, yeah, don't, just, it's it's not, not just about LGBTQ. Yeah, it's it's definitely about you know allies, straight allies, and and, and just fans of horror in general. So with that, JT, I'm so glad that I had a chance to bring you on board, and I wish you the very best with your uh, your latest and greatest adventure here. Uh, again, Queer Screams, August 18th to 20th, um, and we gave you everything you need to know, so come on down. Thank you.